Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, it was sort of uh, pick a punchline or pick a headline for Republican leadership over the weekend. They were all gathered in Las Vegas for the Republican Jewish Coalition the annual leadership conference. And this is a one of those events where you, the, you have all of the A-listers uh, and B-listers and C-listers uh, show up and give speeches at this uh, big event. And often it is a positioning space uh, for those who are seeking the highest office in the land. And this year was no different. As we start to look towards 2024 and the presidential race is on in so many ways. So what were the messages? Were they punchlines? Were they presidential lines? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, it does sound like one of those political punchline things. Of uh, You had uh, just about anybody and everybody who's ever thought about running for president in Las Vegas. Uh, the betting lines, of course, uh, opened up as to who would actually be the 2024 nominee for uh, the Republican Party. And it was an interesting conversation, actually, in many ways. Of course, you had former President uh, Donald Trump, who initially was not going to speak at the event, ended up coming in remote uh, with a video that was very structured, uh, very much off of a, a teleprompter. And so it wasn't the uh, traditional former president uh, in the way he likes to wheel and deal. A very straightforward conversation there. But I want to dive into some of the other players who were there and start looking at how will this impact the conversation leading into that 2024 uh, election cycle and the nomination process for the Republicans as they look for a presidential nominee. Uh, Let's start with Florida Senator uh, Rick Scott, who spoke about changes needed in the Republican Party. And he talked about how Americans need to know what the Republicans stand for, not just what they're against, and actually have a more vocal, more specific policy agenda. They don't know what we stand for. How can you win an election if people don't know what you stand for? It's as simple as that. And unfortunately, it's on purpose. The current strategy of both Republicans in Washington is to only be against the crazy Democrats, and they're crazy, and never outline any plan of what we are for and what we will do. That is a mistake. I actually agree with Senator Scott on that. Uh, You can win elections by being against things, but it does not mean you get to lead. And I think what Senator Scott is saying is, look, we should try to lead. And the way you lead is you actually have a vision of what you're for and a policy agenda that goes with it. Uh, So that's a very interesting thing. Also, uh, during the speeches, 
Of course, there was attention paid to the former president. Uh, this time it was uh, Governor Chris Christie, also a former presidential candidate, giving a very direct condemnation of the former president. We keep losing and losing and losing. And the fact of the matter is the reason we're losing is because Donald Trump has put himself before everybody else. And let's remember this. Everything that has happened in the last two years is because we lost that election. Everything that has happened in this country, the runaway inflation, the loss of energy independence, the incredibly porous border, all of those things are because we gave those elections away, because we put one person ahead of the interests of the party in the country. Now, really interesting. So if you play that out just a little bit, uh, if you look at the former Governor Chris Christie, uh, that was very much an against speech. So his against was not against the Democrats so much. His against was against a former president. So I think that's a really interesting thing going on. You have Rick Scott saying, hey, we've got to have a positive policy agenda. Uh, Chris Christie saying, well, no, we have to be against the former president, that uh, that's the problem. Also interesting, former governor and U.N. ambassador Nikki Haley uh, positioned herself as maybe an alternative, a different path in terms of getting some of the same policies that many liked during the Trump administration, but with a different tone and a different ability to bring people together. We just lived through a disheartening election. It should be a wake-up call for all of us. We have to stop losing and start winning. And we have to choose candidates that can win not just a primary, but also a general election. We don't need more politicians who love to go on TV and talk about our problems. We need real leaders with a record of delivering solutions. The kind of leader that will do the hard work and get the results that we need. We did that when I was governor of South Carolina. We did that when I was UN ambassador. And between us, I'm just getting started. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. That's what that was probably the biggest tease of the day as she tried to kind of egg that on. She also uh, went on to say, Nikki Haley did, that uh, she's never lost an election and she doesn't intend to start now. So I think if she does uh, get in, she will be all in and all in to win. But again, really interesting critiques uh, in terms of policy versus personality and having that uh, that forward-looking vision. Of course, many were waiting uh, for the big moment, which was Florida Governor Ron DeSantis uh, touting his state's a great performance for Republicans in the midterms. We were winning across the board. You don't get that type of victory only getting Republicans. We also decisively won the middle. We won more Democrats than any governor has done for a long time. We are winning people regardless of these boxes that the media always wants to put people in. We treated people as individuals and as fellow Americans, and they responded. So you can be strong, you can get things done, and you can attract a huge, huge coalition. And in times like these, 
There is no substitute for victory. All right, so those are just a few of the speeches that were out there. So let's kind of play that out just a little bit in terms of what we expect to see as we get into the first part of the year. Of course, the former president has already tossed his hat into the ring, and you'll hear a lot of chatter. Most of the chatter right now is behind the scenes with big donors, and many are trying to convince the big donors to stay out of it early. So that they're not just picking a side, whether it's the former president, whether it's someone like Governor DeSantis. Uh, I think there are many within the Republican Party that would like to see this play out and see a few more people get in uh, before it's declared a two-person race. Uh, But often you have those with big money uh, who want to pick a side and they want to be on the winning side. So they want to be in early so they're closer to that inner circle. That's part of the game. So I think that's an interesting thing. Uh, I also think you have some interesting dynamics. Many people uh, on the Republican side are looking at Governor Ron DeSantis. I don't think Governor DeSantis is going to make any kind of announcement if he's to make an announcement about running for president until after Florida gets through their legislative session, which does not end until June. And I actually think that's a smart strategy on his part. He can get some more things done in the state of Florida. He can He's still obviously going to have national name ID and it will continue to be touted there. Uh, but that gives him a little window to kind of play with and, and not really engage in the rough and tumble that it would take to go up against the former president. I also think you have a host of other names out there that will also wait a little while. You, you got a sense from Nikki Haley. She's kind of teasing and toying with it, but she's also saying, hey, I'm not in a rush to get in. And so she may kind of hang around and see if the big uh, battles go, and then there might be a chance to sneak in. Or you could also see someone like a Tim Scott, uh, also from South Carolina, by the way. And uh, he would be an interesting one, maybe a late entrant uh, after some of the uh, the big battles uh, are waged in that. And so there'll be many things to, to keep our eye on as it relates both to the Republicans and the Democrats. The Democrats, of course, are looking at President Biden and what he will do. I suspect he won't say much until January either. And then that will be an interesting debate for the Democrats. Do they continue on the Joe Biden bandwagon? Do they look for a new generation of leaders as they have in the House of Representatives on the Democratic side? So those are interesting debates to get to as well. Uh, I think all in all, uh, this will be a little more of a slow roll as uh, things ramp up in terms of the 2024 cycle. But I think the most important thing as we look at this particular cycle is... What are we looking for? Not what, not what are the big donors looking for who just want to have access to power and be closer to the inner circle. So they try to pick the winners early uh, and with big checks. But what do we want and what are we looking for? What are we willing to tolerate? What are we willing to say not buying that anymore in terms of a style or a strategy? Are we going to continue to go with contempt? Are we going to look more towards dignity and vision and policy strategy? Uh, There's many questions that remain out there and who will step forward and not just be against things, but who will actually lead because that's who we ought to choose to lead the nation. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. 
Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.